So for before we begin our uh, regular show, uh, you know, this past week uh, we lost Catherine Colson, a.k.a. the Log Lady, and Brian and I just wanted to take a moment to, to talk about that. I mean, we, I mean, it's it's kind of hard to believe it. I mean, it was only July that we 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 got to, a chance to interview her. So yeah, it's kind of crazy. I mean, it's I mean, it's hard to believe. I know you, you actually had messaged me and 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 let me know about it, and I I couldn't believe that uh, she's gone. I couldn't believe it. Um, I, I was on Facebook yesterday. Yesterday, and one or two people had posted it, and I was like, I, I know how the internet works. I, I couldn't Google it. There was nothing I could find, you know? Yeah. But then all of a sudden, uh, more reliable sources came out. And then it was in actual uh, Variety and Rolling Stone, different magazines were posting it. So the rumor was true. And um, today, um, how great is it that? She's being remembered by everybody. I mean, she was trending on Twitter. She was yeah. trending on Facebook, um, even Yahoo, and all these outlets uh, support and love for her, which is really awesome. Yeah, I was, I was, I was very shocked, and I was very happy that um, people um, took to her character and um, like are you know, celebrating it today. Yeah, that is, it's so it's really yeah. a great, I mean, everybody who's coming out and, and saying what a wonderful she woman she is. And she really, she was so, so very generous yep. to give us time. You know, it was around the time of the, of the American Twin Peaks Fest that um, that we reached out to her and uh, she agreed to, to give us some time to interview. And that, that's so special. And it was, yeah, yeah, it was, it was, yeah, it was just so nice to talk with her. And, and I got the ch- chance to, you know, talk to her a little bit through emails and stuff. And she said, it was a great interview that we did, and uh, I had mentioned about how I would love to go to uh, Oregon, where she has her uh, Shakespeare uh, festival yep. um, that she's been involved with for 22 seasons. And I, I, I thought it would be kind of fun to have had a family road trip. I mean, I, my family and I are always talking about wanting to see the, all the country, and I thought it would have been – I mean, that, that the festival there, the, the Shakespeare festival has, has a great – venue like one of the, one of the theaters is outside it's beautiful and i just ah. had shared that with her and, and and she basically ended uh our email with uh the email to me saying how she'd love to have me come and visit and stuff yeah. so it was it was it was very special and what a wonderful lady she really was. very nice um, yeah. so so before we get into episode 11 we're gonna uh rebroadcast the interview we did with her back in july yeah yeah That's that was really cool so and then and then uh, after the uh yeah, after that interview, uh, we'll, we'll take a moment of silence and then we'll get into our regular show. But, yeah. Uh, but, you know, I had actually re- – I just listened to it last night again, the interview, because it was kind of like – yeah, when you hear that somebody's gone in some ways, you want to cling on. And, and I thought, boy, just to hear her words again and hear her talk. Yeah. And she's such an, a really nice lady. And, and and I have said this to her in emails and stuff. I had a, you know, a bunch of questions I wanted to ask her. And she was answering the questions before I was even asking her. I mean, she's just a professional. I mean, yep. she was so amazing. I mean, we got a we got a lot of information from her in in just 10 minutes of her time and and, and she answered about the log lay, the log was it you know yes. her husband's spirit in the log i thought that was kind of cool so yep. uh, yeah so uh, she's very she's going to be missed yep. and uh and and we're thinking about her and uh yeah let's let, let's just listen to the uh, interview again and then take a moment of silence so all right we're here with Catherine E Colson uh, aka the log lady and uh hi Catherine 
talk to you. Yeah. You know, I, I just want to say, you know, this is a Twin Peaks podcast, but I really think you're an amazing person. I mean, you, you've been a teacher. You've been an assistant director, camera assistant. You've been an actor in television, film, theater. I, I noticed that you also did um, audio work for um, audio books and stuff. And I'm sure there's so much more that you've done, which is incredible. Well, I've had a really fortunate career of varied varied using various aspects of my personality i was actually a camera operator as well and that's how i i met david lynch uh doing eraserhead because he cast me in the in the movie as the nurse but we never shot the scene but because um i was married to jack vance who was Mm. playing henry he asked me if i would help out on the film and it really became my film school um now I had done uh, my master's in theater and then moved to L.A. and had this opportunity to work with this man who I thought was probably pretty special. Yeah. He's and I learned how to, you know, push the dolly, hold the boom, pull focus. Amazing. Shoot, shoot a B camera. It was really my film school. I didn't know it would go on for so long. <laughs> like five years? Really five years or so? Yeah. We, we shot for a quite a few years wow. on and off. And then I met John Cassavetes, who was the artist in residence at the American Film Institute, and uh, went to work with Fred Elms and John um, shooting uh, The Killing of a Chinese Bookie and Opening Night. So that was sort of the end of my film school. And then I became one of the first women in the camera union, but I kept acting. That's something. And uh, That's now funny. I've just been acting probably the last 20 25 years. Yeah, in your theater group, um, the theater group, the th- theater organization that you're in, right? It's been like 20 years? It's called the Oregon Shakespeare Festival. It's oh, yeah. in its 80th year. Wow. And it's in Ashland, Oregon. It's extremely popular. It's the oldest and largest rotating repertory theater in the country. We do 11 plays a year. <clears throat> Five or four are Shakespeare. The rest are new plays and world classics. And right now I'm in Guys and Dolls, which is really fun. Nice. That's I play the general, gen, the general from the Salvation Army. Wow. And uh, it's it's been great. And then hearing the news that we're going to work on Twin Peaks again, kind of balances it all out in that a really something. wonderful way. And how did you hear? How did you first hear about that that there were going to be a new uh, a new series of Twin Peaks? Uh, David called me in the fall and uh, said he was going to do this for Showtime, and was I interested? Oh, yeah. said, yes, and I was interested, and he said, well, details to follow. And then, you know, it kind of fell through for a while because Showtime didn't want to do it the way David did, and he said no. And then a a bunch of actors sort of spearheaded by Machen Amick and um, Kimmy Robertson and, um, gosh, I can't remember who else. I think maybe Peggy Lipton. Yep. And we all did these, um, they got the idea to do these little YouTube Ish videos that would go on social media. Yeah, the Twin Peaks without David Lynch is like the Twin Peaks without David Lynch is, and then right, the, without uh, David Lynch. Uh, uh, let's see, the show without David Lynch would be like a log without bark. Yeah, that's <laughs> awesome. I love that. That's so cool. So, so we, we put them all together. I think Majin spearheaded. I'm not sure, and um, put them on and. David said it really made a huge difference because hmm. it got so much response. Yeah, the community was on fire. They, they were all, uh, you know, responding to it. It, it. it seemed like it really did make a big difference, and it seems like it maybe saved the show from coming back. I mean, well, we don't know for sure, but yeah. we know that that Showtime listened to the popularity among the fans, 
and there are a lot of wonderful Twin Peaks fans, truly the nicest people in the world. I mean, I just went to the Twin Peaks Fan Festival in Snoqualmie, and they were just lovely human beings. Oh, yeah. They always are, and there were a lot of them this year because it's the 25th anniversary. Right. Definitely. And, you know, I think this is your your 11th time attending the, the Twin Peaks Festival. Back, is back, it? Oh, I didn't know that. I think so. <laughs> I, I, you, start, you, you went to the original 1992 one, and, uh, and I, think you've, I think you've attended 11 of them now. I mean, it's, wow, it's something well, that's else. that's pretty amazing. Usually I have a play on the night of a big banquet. This year I didn't, because we do rotating repertory, I didn't have a, a show for... Um, two nights in a row, so I was there for two nights. It was great. I got to really, you know, meet the fans and sign some autographs, and I came home and put my whole arm in ice. Oh, wow. <laughs> <laughs> That's a lot really, of sign. People have a lot of good stuff to yeah. sign. So it was fun. Yeah, I had a good time, and I got to see some of my old friends from the cast and, um, and look forward to more. That's something. Yeah, you know, I, so I was doing research, and like when you attended the first uh, uh, Twin Peaks festival in 1992, there was a question to answer part, and they asked you, "Would would Twin Peaks ever come back to TV?" And you said, you know, basically, uh, it, it, the chance of that happening was nil. That that it probably was not going to ever happen. And it's funny just to be like that. 25 years years here we are. That there's this chance that no. it's coming back. I, mean, I remember David saying <clears throat> once I went to one of uh, the, this wonderful. Um, festival in London and a couple times at really well run festival in London and I, I, I talked to David right before I left and I said what can I tell the fans and he said tell them there are still stories to tell hmm, and so nice. I you know that so I said that then that was you know, a long time ago yeah. and um, and I, I still believe that he's had in his mind that he wasn't quite finished, you know? <laughs> yeah, I, I kind of feel that way. I mean, some people think that he was finished, but he, he seemed like every once in a while he was doing something. He did that, the um, the coffee commercial in, uh, I think, Japan. And I don't, oh, I right, we did coffee commercials, Georgia Coffee. Georgia Coffee, that's Those right. Cool. And so he's done... Japanese coffee, but we shot them in, in L.A., yeah. Oh, yeah, and so he, every once in a while it seems like we're doing something related to Twin Peaks. So, yeah, I mean, I'm really excited to see what he's going to do next. Me too, uh, we <laughs> all are. Nobody has a clue. Now, I kind of feel like Twin Peaks in some way uh, originated with you because, you know, David had talked to you back when Racer hit about being the, the log girl and stuff. Hi, the log girl. And, and you had this, uh, this whole TV show called I'll Test My Log with Every Branch of Knowledge. And, right. And I, I she always... was going to be the um, person going to the experts to find out, with, I think with, her little, with a little boy, and ask like a dentist to put on one of those little blue things with the clips around the log and probe oh, the funny. rings. And then um, we would learn about wood. This was Ponder the Ponderosa pine log, the only log. Yeah. And um, we would also learn about dentistry and the importance of keeping your teeth clean. And there was an idea that um, we talked about and joked about for a long time, but then we didn't actually ever do because... Manifest in another show. Yeah, it seems like something would have been great for PBS. Like you know, you have Sesame Street, and then right after that, you have the Log Lady telling you about, or like you learning With things. Every branch of knowledge. Yeah, yeah. yeah. that would been something. That then. Too funny. Ford's very, you know, marketing savvy. David just wants to create wonderful things, and other people come along and help him sell them and market them. But that's not his thing. He just likes to 
make art. Yeah. And I think that's great. And I think that's smart. What he's always been smart that he teams with other people to do that stuff. And he gets to keep doing what he loves doing. Exactly. Yeah. And um, he did a beautiful a sh- retrospective of his painting and drawing at um, the Pennsylvania Academy of Fine Art. I think it was in, um, uh, uh, it was this last year. And I can't remember the date, but it was a wonderful show of 80 of his works. Oh, man. I wish I could have seen and, that. Uh, they played a couple of loops of um, one of his early films, The Alphabet. Yeah. It was just a terrific show. I went back and gave a little talk about Twin Peaks and his art, and it was it was just wonderful. You can look it up at the Pennsylvania Academy of Fine Art. I don't have to do that. Yeah, and there's a little clip of him talking about his art. But that really is his passion, as yeah. well as filmmaking and television, but he really is a fine painter. Definitely, for sure. So uh, I'm, I think we're almost out of time, but I'd love to ask you, too, what your theory is about the log. I mean, there's some theories. I don't know if it was ever really revealed in the show, but could it be that uh, the spirit of lo- the log lady's husband is in the log? I mean... No, I, I wouldn't read that much into it. Yeah. I do like... You, this but, is. Uh, I mean, he did die in a fire, but um, I think, uh, you know, we hold fast to totems that remind us of the people we love. Mm. I wouldn't say the spirit of him is in the lot. Right. I would say that she holds fast to the memory of her dead husband, but really the log is just a log. Hmm. And we never anthropomorphize the log. Yeah. Not not a she or a he. It, it's it's a good log though. <laughs> <laughs> and and David actually gave you the actual log that you used yes, in Twin Peaks. I, I I have it in trust. Very good. In a secure, undisclosed location. <laughs> <laughs> and I know you brought the you brought the mini log with you for yes, the festival. I did. I, I have what I call the travel log. The travel log. That's great. It's in my suitcase. Otherwise, the airlines won't let me carry it because they said it could be used as a bludgeon. Once I oh, called wow. United Airlines and said I have this log and I want to carry it on, and they said the log. <laughs> it was very funny. Oh, anyway, and I don't take the, the real log with me, although we'll have to get it to wherever we're shooting if it's going to even be in it. We don't, I don't really know anything for right. sure. Well, Catherine, thank you so much for your time. Do, do you My pleasure. Any- and and do, do watch episode 13. Uh, yes, I... Um, see you, Brian. We're going to, as we do each episode, uh, we're going to watch 14 together. Okay, great. So uh, that way, the last it was the episode that reveals the killer, right? Yeah, so yeah, yeah, that'll be good. Uh, we'll, we'll I have my theories, but I don't want to say them because no, ben, no, don't say. Yeah, right. yeah. think Enjoy. about it. Yeah. All right. Well, it was great talking to you guys. You did a good interview. Thank you. Oh, thank you. Yeah, thank you. Welcome to this week's edition of Twin Peaks Unwrapped. I'm your host, Brian Kazaska, and beside me is... I'm Ben Durant. Yes. And we're doing episode 11 today. Episode 11. So this was written by Jerry Stahl, Mark Frost, Harley Payton, and Robert Ingalls. This was directed by Todd Holland, 
and it aired on October 20th, 1990. The rating was 8.4, and it was 71 place for the week. So I think it was around the 60, 64 oh, last time. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So, uh, we dropped down almost like 10 points oh, there. Oh, man. It was like 64. Yeah, I think it was, yeah. yeah. So uh, before we get into the episode, I wanted to talk about briefly, I don't know if it's appropriate to talk about, but I'll talk about the, the writer a little bit here. Oh, one, no. one of the writers of this episode. Jerry Stahl, or I'm, I'm probably saying his name wrong, but... Uh, I think you got it. Close enough. So, I mean, there's several places where this has been brought up, but I'll also I'll mention uh, the, the Twin Peaks book, Reflections and Old History of Twin Peaks. Yes. Um... With Brad Dukes was on, you know that's his book, and Mark Frost mentions Jerry Stahl and how it was a mess working with him. He he was a, he was supposed to write this this script all by himself. He wasn't supposed to, there was nobody else working on the script. Yeah. And um. Oh no. Yes. Yeah, so uh, <laughs> so Jerry, uh, this is I think he just Mark Frost discovered this later on, but that he was uh she was shooting up in the bathroom during uh during meetings and stuff. So we wait, have, they, she was he was Jerry he was Jerry Jerry okay. was uh, shooting up while in the middle of a meeting. A pre, it was basically pre production of preparing for this show. He was he, he would shoot up and oh um, my god, so the real real mystery. <laughs> so Mark Mark Frost he's quoted it from the book saying he turned in complete he he turned in a completely incomprehensive unusable incomplete script a few days later after this meeting and as I recall there was blood stains on it oh my god and actually you know there's 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 I, there's places where Jerry Stahl has actually jokingly said yeah he turned in a Twin Peaks script with blood and hair on it so he's even he's basically even admitted that yeah that yeah. probably did happen so he so I, I actually missed I, I'm sorry I actually didn't tell you that you know he's best known for a memoir a memoir, memoir of addiction um, paramount yeah permanent permanent midnight. Oh, Permanent Midnight. Permanent. Ben Stiller. Yes, played him. Yes, played him uh, in the film. Oh, my God. I should have led with that, but sorry. And did you know he was also, I think, one of the creators of Elf? Yeah, yeah, he wrote for Elf. Yeah, he wrote for Elf. Elf, Right, yeah. Well, I think, yeah, he wrote for Elf, and he was in the beginning of the creation of Elf, because in the movie they hit upon that. Ah. And, yes, I saw that. It's a dark movie. Yeah. So, he. he, I mean, he's an addict, or he was a heroin addict. And, uh, and how does a heroin addict get a job in Hollywood like this? Like he's writing scripts and he's yeah, a heroin. So, it's so crazy. So Mark Frost, at least for, related to this, Mark Frost's agent recommended him to him. He's like, oh, he's really strange and odd. And, well, there you and go. It'll be so good for Twin Peaks. <laughs> and it was not so good for Twin Peaks. So um, they did not use his, his, uh, his script. Yeah. They basically threw the whole thing up, started from scratch, and it was really Mark Frost, heroin pen. Peyton and Robert Ingalls that wrote the script, and Jerry never did write a, a second Twin Peaks episode. That was his yeah. one episode. So I, I wanted imagine. to start there. It's interesting in some ways yeah. because I actually think this is a, is a, a really good episode for, for I I like the episode for not having to have to throw out the original script and have to start over again. And it really like is kind of cool that that guy wrote this script. That's kind of cool. I, I like that. Well, he didn't write the. Well, so the, well he what, wrote the script, but then they retreat. They cheat. They they basically threw the whole thing out. Was oh. inco- it, you couldn't. Even, it, I don't think it even made any sense. Yes. Oh, okay. I, I, would I thought maybe that. they like dug through it and they got some stuff out of it, but no, it's no, completely it, it washed. Was, yeah, it was. I don't know. If, I don't. It was incoherent. I don't think it was anything <laughs> useful. In that. It probably was just like I like 
toilet paper. I mean, I think it was polite of them to even put his name in the writing That's credits. That's why I was questioning that when I said it, because if his name was on the credits for that, yeah. why would they would Maybe because they I mean, paid I think him. Got, right, they paid him. And uh-huh. a lot, I think a lot of times on Twin Peaks... Uh, Mark Frost actually had his hands on probably almost every every script, but he, a lot of times Mark Frost might not put his name on it that he was written, you know, co-written by yeah. Mark Frost. But this was one of those times where he felt this is a disaster. You know, everybody who worked on this script needs to, you know, mm. needs to be mentioned that they worked on it. And you know, and I think you're right because he got paid yeah. that he needs to have his name on it. And yeah, like union. That. I'm yeah. sure it was a union thing. And so oh, I man. was thinking oh, we we could actually start with a. With the maybe some audio from the very beginning, because sure. it's such a weird thing. And oh, it was one of those cool shots too, because you're coming out of a hole. Yeah, it's like, what am I looking at? And then there's some kind of noise. Daddy. Is that what it's saying? It's saying daddy. It sounds like Laura's voice. Yep. Oh, and that would make more sense because it's Daddy's Leland. Like Leland, like Leland is kind of like he's. You could definitely see he's in. He's he's reflecting. He's on the inside. Maybe yeah. I like to think that he was actually looking at the ceiling and stuff. Yeah. But yeah, it's really creepy too. Yeah, I mean, it like. Is. But yeah, I mean, like so. You know, Leland has just been arrested for the murder of Jacques Renault. His he, whole life is coming down. Now. Yeah, but he, you know, and and the reason he 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 murdered him is because you know he believes that. Uh, he killed Laura Palmer. Which was part of the murder. So he wasn't totally wrong. I, th- I think Maybe. He... <laughs> <laughs> I, I can't... I'm not going to say anything. I know. But I'm, I'm I gonna, know. You're going to have to find out stuff on your own. But uh, And I have, to, I have to say before we get going here, this is the one episode I did not see the log lady, so I have nothing to say about her. Oh, man. Next week, maybe. So, yeah, next week. I still think at some point we should either... we should do Maybe we could do a whole show on it, or at some point it would be nice to go back. And I, I think I already apologized last episode that I didn't listen to you and, and do every episode with the log lady and stuff. Yeah, yeah. I, I, was, I, I was going back to my childhood, and there was no log lady <laughs> when, I, when I watched it in 1990. Yeah, you're like, no log... But, you know, it's kind of cool. Oh, yeah. I felt incomplete while watching this episode because I didn't see the log lady I felt like a part of the show was missing Catherine and Catherine Coulson you know who we had on the show um, who who plays the log lady I think she said in another interview or maybe it was even at the fest that or somewhere she basically said that uh, she she doesn't understand why it's not on Netflix like there should be the log lady Mm. should be there should be an option I mean like but it it, it probably is only on the blu-ray to help sell the Blu-rays. Yeah, and it was on, I think it was f- on the DVDs too in the past. Yeah. I mean, in the past DVDs. You want the if full you, thing, you get the Blu-ray. Maybe that's it. That maybe could you're be right. it. Yeah. yeah. But you know, if, if that isn't it, the, the technology is very easy now. I mean, mm. Netflix can do audio commentaries. They don't do a lot of them, but I think they do it oh. for House of Cards. They do yeah. audio commentary. So I can feel like there's a very easy add the option of add Log Lady yeah. and then you know. Yeah, that would be cool. I like the Log Lady. I think to me, it's part of the show. Um, so yeah, for new viewers, it would make that her seem part of the show. Yeah, for them, right? Like myself. So yeah, yeah, I think that. And I'm a do purist. It. I'm kind of like, yeah. but that was never part of the show. You're like, you're like, the Ewoks never blinked. <laughs> 
I don't want blinking Ewoks in my movie. You, you mentioned that. No, I think more of like Yoda was always a puppet. What do you mean you're putting it? Yeah. Like, why is Yoda CG? <laughs> exactly. But but I mean I love the I do like the I do like the log lady. <laughs> I'm gonna end this conversation. I do like her, and I like that. I do want to analyze that someday, but I just wasn't ready to. Uh, That's with fine. This. Yeah. Oh, man. Everyone's got their. So thing. Leland is there, and he's waiving his rights. You know, he is actually is an attorney. Remember, he's a lawyer. So oh, he, he yeah. could get asked for another lawyer. He doesn't work a lot, and I forgot <laughs> what he did. He works for Ben Horn every day. Barely, barely, barely. Oh, barely. He sings to him every day. <laughs> And dances. That's yeah. true. Oh, he's, well, now he's not singing and dancing because he's depressed. He no. got arrested. Oh, so he's going to go back to crying. Uh, These Leland. are real tears this time, though. You know, he's talking about wanting mm-hmm. real tears. These are some good tears you the get from The first Leland. episode was fake crying. Uh, but this the show has learned. Always have real tears. Um, Wait. You know what I wrote down? Because I don't know why. <laughs> Let me tell you why. March 3rd. Mr. Palmer killed Jock, confesses to Cooper and Henry. What? March 3rd. And I wrote that down because we talked about the timeline. Of course, I, of course I don't have my timeline no. on me. I, I never – sometimes I feel like I'm not prepared because you throw things at me. And I'm like, sorry. Well, I wrote it down because they mentioned this episode March 3rd. And I think oh, the, did, ki- the yeah. killing happened in obviously February. Yeah. So – That makes sense. Only no, that makes been sense. a couple I weeks. I want to say – I want to say, is it February 24th is the killing, maybe? I want to say somewhere around there. So, yeah, yeah that makes about sense. So, yeah, 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 it's about, well, this is episode 11. I th- I feel like this might be 11 days. Yeah, be- well, or around maybe 12 11, days, maybe 12, 12 days. days, 12 days. Because think, yeah. the season one, season one finale to season two connected. You know, it was like the same night. Right. You know, it ended and began in yeah. the same So I would night. say, I feel like it might be, uh, it may have been 11 days have passed. And yeah. it's always funny to think, like, there's a lot has happened in a week and a half. Oh, my God, yeah. <laughs> Jeez. And I, I, I just took note of that because you did talk about the timeline. So March 3rd, Mr. Palmer killed Jacques, in, and then he confesses to Cooper and Henry that he killed him. Um, because he thought, we all know, he thought, he was, but they, but they're, I, do they tell him, well, we don't know if he's a killer or not. Yeah. Do they Tr- tell him Truman basically said, Trace, Truman puts it this way. He says, uh, it's like, what made you think he was the killer? And he's like, you arrested him, Leland says. And stuff. So that, I mean, that's, yeah. and I also think he might, I feel like he might have overheard something when he was at the police station too. So there was a few things there that did it, but that was, Truman basically said, what made you think that? And he's yeah. just saying, you arrested him. Yeah. Yeah. Um. I don't know if I'm jumping ahead, but in my notes, I wrote, oh, well, I am jumping ahead. If we want to jump to the invitation to love soap opera section. Um, what? There's a, oh, yes, no. yes. You're talking about the Andy Lucy Dick and Andy is checking show? his sperm, uh, which is sperm checking. And then Cooper sees boots that he bought from the one-armed man, Circle Brand. Now, I wrote that down only because I thought it could mean something in the future, and I'm not sure if it does. I I'd think it does. I think it does. It could, yeah. I, I'll say yes. I like that. Uh, the symbolism of a circle. Mm-hmm. The symbolism of maybe uh, like a ring or something. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And, yeah. and you know what? We start the episode off with Leland looking in a circle, coming out of a True. hole, yeah. which was the ceiling that he was staring into. And that director, I don't think that was in the script. I think the director decided to do that whole ceiling thing. That was something that he came up on, on his own and stuff. Which it is, was cool. Yeah, I liked it a lot. And you can tell this was definitely... Wherever you have the auto, I know we were going oh. back to Leland, but it's something. Yes. yes. 
I mean, this is great acting by Ray Wise. Yeah. I mean, he's, he's, he's basically saying, yes, he did kill. And I think everybody in that room is, feels uncomfortable. Complete temporary insanity. We'll need a psychiatric exam. I'll tell you one thing. Parents should not bury their children. Yeah, we can bring it down. Other... But, like, there's that uncomfortable is that, yeah. like, you know, he, he's grieving over his daughter. And at the same time, he did he did kill somebody who might have not been the killer. Mm-hmm. And, 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 and Doc Hay- Hayward says to Coop, no, I think... I think Cooper says to Doc Hayward, "Is like you know, how does he put it? He basically says, you know, do you do you think it's all right to kill somebody or something like that? Yeah. And he says no, but no. It, but at the same time, I think Cooper feels uncomfortable with the whole thing. Yeah, everybody's kind of like ah. because yeah, he's so well known, and this is a dad who lost his daughter, right. but he's, now they have to arrest him because well, he killed someone. So that's got to put a lot of strain on the community. Yep, of everybody going, this is a great man. What happened? You know, like right." Why didn't you just let us do it and stay out of it? Everybody's always meddling. Yes, they're <laughs> let meddling. Let's do our job. It's like Scooby Doo. <laughs> so yeah, you mentioned Andy. Uh, oh, uh, he's talking to Doc Hayward. Right. I love that. Like, it's like, okay, just give me your sample right here now. It's like, I right know. Now. It's like, ah. Yeah, uh, yeah. Just give us your sperm. And Cooper sees the boots. So we covered the boots thing in the Circle brand. Oh, I have something else. Can we? I mean, maybe we'll use some more audio again. Yep. Ever lived next to the Palmers? I, I didn't cue it right. Oh, he's talking about the. Yeah, the, he's, so he's uh, talking. Winnebago. He's getting a. Uh, he's getting an update from Hawk on. The frontiers. On a on uh, Leland's grandfather's neighbor Neighbors. is it Robert. You know, Robertson. Hearing for Leland and Leo's competency examination. So I, I went back Leland a second, but. Well, Harry, that's up to your state prosecutor. That'd be Daryl Lodwick, also on his way. What do we hear from Hawk? Called this morning. Now, the county says nobody by the name of Robertson ever lived next to the Palmers. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We've got a current address on the last occupants. Kalispell. He'll check it by afternoon. Kalispell. What a weird name. Uh, very strange, yeah. So, But, like, so we have we, we have visions and dreams, and we have Leland who says, I, I knew this guy next door to my grandfather, and his name was Robertson. And then they investigate it, and uh, the, nobody it, knows anything about a Robertson living next door. But you know what, though? That could explain that Leland was not seeing someone who lived there, but maybe a premonition because that would explain why Bob, Robert, Killer Bob, looked the same. Yeah. If it was a That's premonition, a he would look the same. No yeah. matter how old he was, if he was a kid and saw that, it would look the same. I mean, that's my only. That's right. my theory. No, I, and, right I was, now. and I like that theory. It's a cool theory. I'm not going to say you're right or wrong, but you also yeah, don't had, tell me you anything, also had yeah. a theory like several episodes ago <laughs> that uh, Bob was haunting the house of the, the yes. Palmers. Do you remember that? Yes. You remember you and that? that would really, really explain <laughs> yeah. it. That I'm really... not saying you're right or wrong. Yeah, yeah. But I still think it's an interesting theory that uh, that right because Maddie's seen it and uh, Sarah Palmer's seen Bob and yep. Leland Palmer has seen Bob and uh, we believe Laura Palmer has and so that, only so people in that Palmer. house yeah it yeah. seems like it's a Palmer a Palmer thing yeah. and it could be a curse um or just maybe someone in their past and now he's getting revenge 
You know, right. yeah, don't tell me if I'm right or wrong, I'm but I kind of like this theory. Yeah, it's an interesting it's theory. theory. It's an interesting theory that it, that it's in the family. At least at least so yeah, far, it really... So far. I mean, Cooper has has a dream and stuff, but he's, he's the a strong, investigator. He's, he's a, a strong sender. Strong sender. <laughs> yes, he so is. he can receive pretty good, too, yeah. I'm assuming. So we already mentioned the one-armed man sells those Circle brand Yeah, the uh, Circle boots. brand boots, which I felt could have been something, and I think it does come back later on. Um... So this is where my notes get a little kooky. This is why I have to watch this episode again. Um, well, you know, I'll say that. So they mentioned, I think, the prosecutor. Um, I think it's, that would be the district oh. attorney. And there's going to be a, a judge. The fascinating thing about this is that this is such a small town. That's why I still don't buy the size of the town. But it's a small town yes. where there's no crime and you don't have a permanent judge. You don't have a permanent uh, like district attorney. Or turn yeah, so it's like it's the kinda, population it's, makes no small sense. And 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 the fact that like this, by and large, this is a nice town that doesn't have that much crime, and there's no need for these t- people to be here yeah. regularly, which I found very interesting. Now here's the thing. Now we there's a scene where there's this uh, girl who works for her name's Judy. Judy, <laughs> which she's like kind of reminds me of a Disney character when it, like from a Disney show. She's yes. very animated, over the top, and. You know, she's talking to um, Ben Horn about M.T. The um, Yep, M.T. Went, I believe. M.T. Went, and he's a guy who comes in and he rates things, or he's a writer. I believe he's a food critic. Was it food critic, or he was a writer? He's a writer food critic. Okay. You know, a food critic that writes for articles, I think. Yeah, yeah, and, he go, and, and she's telling him about him coming into town and that we should be prepared. This is exciting, blah, blah. And then I remembered you telling me that in this season they wanted the actors from Invitation to Love to be in this. And I'm like, did they substitute the Invitation to Love subplot with this guy? Interesting. I don't That's know. That's what I thought. I, I was, I was, like, I was yeah. like, could be a different version of, of them coming in. Like, it's kind of like this this excitement of yeah. somebody, an outsider coming, coming in. in. Stuff. I like that. I, ne- I never put that together, but that's an interesting theory. I feel what they're trying to do is that you know you have who you're saying is an agent, um, uh, um, a guy who's reading a paper, and then you have all these other characters. Mm-hmm. You have – yeah, you have all these different characters that are hanging around, and I think we're – the. I think they wanted the viewers to think, who are these people? Oh, could they be this critic? Or could they be... You know, I think that's what they're doing. I don't love the storyline. It's a... It's a B plot that I'd rather spend on who killed Laura Palmer, but... Yeah, 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 like the whole writer thing. But I was thinking, like, oh my god, this is the same plot. Yeah, I didn't even put it together. The soap operas came in. But yeah... it doesn't make any sense. I'd rather have invitation to love. <laughs> yeah, yeah, me too. I know, but I mean, uh, so we now we're at Ben's office, and uh, uh, Jean is there to greet him, and uh, we learned that I. Th- oh yeah. I, yep. I this is something I never remember, but he sell, says he sells insurance. I wonder if that's true. If that's really, if that's something means something else. But it was interesting. I don't remember even him saying could that. Could be health event. insurance. Yes. Ah, ah. I like that. Yes, health insurance. It could be health insurance. Uh, so he's there to basically send the message that we've got your daughter mm-hmm. to Ben Horn and we want money. But, you know, it's interesting, too, that he says um, they want money, but I want my own stuff. And, like, that, and like Ben Horn's basically like, that's not normal. Usually they take care of you. but And he wants Cooper to deliver it. Yep, he wants Cooper because the you know he kill he believe, he feels that Cooper is to blame for his brothers being dead and stuff. Yeah, yeah. Both his brothers. He lost two brothers. 
He lost one. Uh, is it Bernard? Barn? Bernard. Is, yeah, Bernard. Yeah, How Bernard. Yeah. Bernard. Well, really, what happened? I believe Leo Johnson killed him. Because, yes. Because uh, yeah, because he he was tied up, and that's where uh, Harry Truman and Cooper oh, investigate yeah, yeah, him. Yeah. But then the next time we see him is I think yeah I forgot who's, if he's talking to Ben Horn or who he's talking to, but he basically it, it seems like Leo was the one that actually killed him. So why would Cooper? Cooper didn't do anything. Yeah, in a later episode, we'll have to go back to it because I think he, he he'll he'll explain himself better on why he he puts all the blame on Cooper. It maybe is it because that Cooper is in the town that's causing all this ruckus. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, that's, that's right. It's really so, about it. The, that's right? pretty much it. Or we can go back to my other theory that Cooper is crazy and he's doing all the killing now. There remember, you go. Remember my theory about that, that. That is good. You know, I think there was a. I think there was a. I, I can't remember if I've shared this on the show before, but uh, I think uh, Kyle McLaughlin was on David Letterman, and I think that came up. Kyle, uh, David Letterman is like, I think you're the killer. Yeah. <laughs> I think that's I think that's great. I think that's too, hilarious. Yeah, that would be that would be pretty. That'd be awesome. cool. I mean, that'd be uh, to actually have to investigate your own uh, own. Uh, he, he, he does the killing. Yeah. Then he comes back as FBI agent. Right. And, and he can never solve the mystery because he's he's a killer. Right. That was David Lynch's plan all along. I mean, can yeah. you, no, I don't think a TV show has ever done that. I don't know if they have. That's a great one. Maybe we should come up with our <laughs> Twin Peaks fan fiction right yes. there. We can start it up. Um. So, so he's blackmailed, and Cooper has to deliver the money. So we know that's going on. Oh, and then we go back to the RR, and they are all like on pins and needles because they think that, that the writer guy is right. going to come there, right? Which they think someone does. Well, it's a food critic again. Yeah. So I mean, what happened was Judy from the, the the Great Northern contacted Norma, and she says, "Oh, I want to give you a heads up. Yeah, they, they're coming here." And Hank gets this idea. He's like, oh, we're going to make this place look all nice and stuff. And he makes it look just the same. I know. Really? But uh, you're getting ahead of yourself. <laughs> you ruined the whole show, bro. I know. I know. No, I'm kidding. It's all it's good. The food critic was the killer. Oh, no. Oh, too funny. The funny thing is, I, I don't know if I understand this. Like, So he says, oh, you should go talk, contact Big Ed because uh, maybe the guy will come and get gas and you can tell him to go. That's what it was. It was sort of like he gets gas and Big Ed can be like, you know what's a good place? The double R. And yeah. then he'd go to the double R. But Hank knows that they have had a relationship in the past and he is jealous of that relationship. So it's kind of odd. I don't know why he would... I, I'm kind of confused by that a little bit. Well, you know, the guy who wrote this episode originally was confused too. So... <laughs> Oh, he didn't know. This is, what a, this is the, the, I will say, Mark Frost, Har, Har, Harley Payton, and Robert Ingalls did a great job on this script. I'm talking about the other guy. I know you are. <laughs> I know, but I'm, you're too funny. Yeah. Oh, is it? We're back to a stoplight. The traffic stop, light. Traffic light. Yeah. I do love that. Like it starts on yellow caution and then stop. Stop. And I sometimes wonder: is there a meeting there? It's like, oh, we maybe. But uh, yeah, why do they show that? I mean, they show B-roll to show you in town, but to show a stoplight. Seems yeah. a little odd. Well, Cooper says at one point, um, what did he say? He says this is a town. It's something I've lost. I had in my head, but it's basically a town where um, where a yellow le- yellow light means slow down and not go go forward. I mean, I I totally butchered that up. But it basically kind of says that like this mm. is a quiet town oh, where okay. we follow rules and we don't like we don't. You know, we don't run through a, 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 red light. a red light or a yellow light even. I can't believe I butchered that. Sorry, all, all you fans who, uh, <laughs> who know that quote inside and out. Yeah. Do you think that that light almost kind of um, subliminally 
makes you stop in the show. Like you see that light and you're kind of like, oh, right, let me stop. So we're going to stop in the action and then like the pacing stops. And then now we're, you know, with Donna and um, Harold. Harold. So like the mission, uh, I don't know. Maybe it means, maybe it's nothing. I don't know. Maybe I'm, yeah, I, think, I feel I like I was, I'm reaching Sometimes there. I kind of reached and kind of like, like thinking, you know, be yeah. careful that, you know, yep. danger or something like that. But yeah, Harold is going to read a little bit of a, of, a, of the diary. You want to bring not, that up? Yeah, does not yeah. want to let it go. Yeah. But still, I'm afraid to tell her of my fantasies and my nightmares. Sometimes she's good at understanding. Other times she just giggles, and I don't have the nerve to ask why things like that are funny to her. So I feel badly again and shut up about it for a long time. I love Donna very much. But sometimes I worry that she wouldn't be around me at all if she knew what my insides were like. Black and dark and soaked with dreams of big, big men in different ways that they might hold me and take me into their control. Yeah, very cryptic and... And dirty for well, I mean it's it's not really dirty. I mean it's it's yeah. It's it sounds dirty. dirty. Yeah. It sounds. I mean dirty. and and the, and the actual the actual diary, the physical diary that you could buy is is kind of dirty. I mean stuff, but it's, it's but so it's, it's dirtier than what he read. Yeah. yeah, and at the same time, it's the point is that like Laura and Donna are on on very different places. I mean, in some ways, it mm. seemed like Donna was still a, a child, and I, it seems like Laura Palmer grew up fast because of of. The, everything she was involved in and stuff like yeah. that. And that, you know, sometimes she didn't feel like she could really tell Donna what she was going through. Yeah, she seemed like a lost soul like that. And the, the, the diaries and stuff were her, her way out. But it's weird that Harold, like, I, it was kind of creepy to me that he was like, well, I'll read you it. Because I'm thinking in my head, well, he can read it and leave things out. He could be reading some bullshit <laughs> that, you know, right. nobody knows that she doesn't know what's true or not because he's not allowing her to read it herself. Yeah. And like we said last episode, that he could be this a diary could have evidence that of something right. about him and he's hiding it. I mean, why he's so protective of it? Yeah, you know. And at some point, I'm not, well, not spoiling. I think at some point Donna will confront him about yes. that and stuff. But, I mean, again, I'm now I'm going to go into spoilers. But at some point that will happen. So now Ben Ben Horn is uh, talking with Cooper and wants Cooper to deliver the money. And of course, Cooper's like, "Why? why yeah, why me? Why me? Yeah, and stuff. Like, yeah. he, why don't you go through proper channels and stuff? And of course, we know, <laughs> you know, he's but, bait or he's he, they, you know. Yeah, but he he tells them, um, you know, he gives them some lines of why he should be doing it. You know? Yeah, because you you know because he cares about Audrey. Yeah, he care, you care about her, and she cares about you. And this is just yeah, you know, shows him the video. Um, and obviously she's drugged up and you know tied up. Um, I don't. I know this scene goes on for a little bit. I don't know if, if we want to jump ahead or is anything you want yeah, to talk about. No, the scene. there's not that much. Um, Josie is finally back. That's, yes. what, that's a character that just came back out of nowhere from shopping. She comes with all these baggage, and I'm like, what? Oh, no. What has happened? And didn't she go to Canada? Where did she go? She went somewhere. 
Um, well, she says she went to Seattle. Seattle. Well, I don't know if she really did go to Seattle, but that's where she—that's what she's saying. She really, I mean, she was yeah. involved in some ways with the mill burning down. I mean, she's part of the Catherine. So she went shopping. Catherine and Ben <laughs> and stuff at that. So I think she went. I don't know. If it's, technically, that's probably her her alibi by not being anywhere near the scene. Oh. She couldn't be blamed for what was going on. Gotcha. And stuff, but and she and she came back, and um, we also find out that Catherine is still missing or dead. Yeah, because they didn't I, find a body. They didn't find a body, and it seems like they might just have a funeral without the body. Yeah, and stuff. yeah. yeah. And I, I kind of feel bad for Catherine's husband. He seems like a really nice guy. And, um, you know, the poor guy finds fish in Percolator all the time. Right. He needs someone there to help him out. Too funny. Well, you know, you, since you brought that up. Fish in the, percol- yeah. the Percolator? There was a fish, fish in, in the, the Percolator. percolator. <laughs> so... There is a scene, and this is on later, but because you brought it up, there's an unseen Twin Peaks where uh, where uh, Jonathan is, I think she's saying it's her brother, Josie, comes to meet, comes and meets uh, Pete. And Pete says he's going to get coffee, and I think that's where it actually, that scene between Pete and Josie and Jonathan ends. But in the unseen script, um, I think Pete just says something like, uh, th- it was nowhere near any fish, and Josie and Pete have a, a, like a smile and stuff. So it was kind of a nod to... Oh. So it's funny you brought it up, yep. and it was it would have it was in the script Scripts. to bring up to... That's cool. Uh, and I feel like that smile... I mean, you try to read into the script, you don't know how the actors would have responded. Yeah, but I still yeah. think... And I, I feel it had to be Josie who put that fish in, in the, the percolator. percolator. There's no other explanation. I mean, I feel like she doesn't... I don't know what she was thinking, but... Uh, Maybe... Um... Culture differences? Yeah. Maybe. Right. right. I mean, and I, yeah. So, I mean, she doesn't have an accent. Like, I don't really know if she was born in America or, you know, but maybe, yeah, maybe that's some, she was cleaning the fish and she right. just put it in the percolator. Yeah, I think she was from Hong Kong and she, I mean, I, I want to say it was seven years ago that she she moved, in this time frame, seven years before she, she came to America and stuff. So she yeah. hasn't been here, you know, she's been here less than a decade or okay, so. Okay, yeah. So that makes sense. Um, so now uh, oh, we're back on uh, yes. One-Eyed Jacks. And, and this is where Michael Parks, who plays, what's his name again? Michael Jean Parks. Jean. Renault. Renault. Yeah. Jacques' brother. Um, I mean, he just gets so good. His character's so good. <laughs> He's such a good actor. And he stands out. Uh, to me, and he is like the ultimate bad guy in this. Like, yeah. He's so, oh, yeah. so like creepy he's deadly i mean oh, he, yeah. he he looks like he's capable of doing anything and he's talking with audrey and then uh, i can't think of his name the guy from horns the uh, perfume manager yeah perfume horns. manager it's kind of like she says oh he hit me and uh yeah and he yeah. Says, won't let that happen again and then he kills him he kills him i so, was yeah. blown away by this great. And, yeah um they're mine I love the framing and, and the way the camera is because you didn't know if she got shot at exactly. first. Exactly. Yes. Got... That split second, she goes, yeah. and I'm like, oh my god, he killed. Oh killed no! Audrey. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I, um, it, it's so creepy because he's like, you know, you even touch her, you're dead. So he's treating her like his property, and he's keeping her drugged, and he know he wants his money, he wants Cooper. Right. right? He, yeah, he wants yeah, Cooper. Yeah. And like, so like, he doesn't care about the money. I think. Yeah, he, he really he, wants Cooper. Yeah, he just wants Cooper. So, yeah, it's pretty crazy how he's just acting out like this. Um. So, 
Hank steals the writer's wallets. We haven't got to that point yeah, yet. Yeah, we're, we're a little ahead. But we're I'm, a little ahead. I, you know, I think I was taking notes sparsely here. Um, but we had a Lucy and um, Andy scuffle. Scuffle. <laughs> they're still they're still in the outs. She will not talk to him. She's being very mean to him. I mean, he's confused. But then he also knows his sperm count is no good. Was well, that right. And, and at the beginning of this episode, yeah, he, yeah. I think he wanted to try again. And that's when right, Doc Hay would yeah. say, okay, here, take the sample right now and stuff. And it was a funny scene because, I mean, they also had the scene where he's got a magazine and he runs into Lucy. And, yes, and Lucy's she's like, like, what are you doing? And she sees the bathroom and yeah. it's like, what in the world are you doing? And <laughs> and then and then he's trying to bring it out and he drops it and rolls down the you know floor. And it's a funny scene. And, yeah, yeah. Yeah. He's and, like, and so now Lucy is talking with Cooper and kind of explaining about you know about yeah. the whole situation. I think I think they were so they they were on a break for a little while, Andy yeah. and Lucy. And I think she you know she wanted she didn't she got maybe it just became too comfortable with Andy and she wanted something different. And so she and she was, found Dick. Yeah, she found <laughs> she literally, <laughs> she literally found, found a Jay. gentleman named, named Dick. Dick. Yeah. Um, yeah, and you know what's also kind of interesting? This kind of mirrors season one where Lucy explained Invitation to Love. Yeah. They go, what's going on? And right. she gives the whole synopsis of Invitation to Love. And that's what she's good at. She's good at like just explaining everything. Do you think it's because Invitation to Love was canceled, she had to make her own drama in her own life? Maybe. She There's another there theory I like for that. you. I like that. I she's like, like that. my show is canceled. I'm going to make my own drama. Oh, man. So, like, she really is the cause of the drama because if she was just up front with Andy... Right. This really wouldn't be that. Yeah, you think the first season, like, she's not sharing with Andy that she's pregnant. And she's, like, in a, for episodes, she's frustrated and angry and not yeah. talking to him. And then she finally says it. And then, well, Andy then doesn't respond very well. And that we didn't know at the time why. Yeah. But And now she's, yeah, making a big deal about the whole thing again. But Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's sort of like... And then they give her time off too. They're like, "Well, I think she, yeah, I think she wants some time off. She wants yeah. some time off. Yeah. Which well, because we... they got they give her more screen time for her <laughs> her side plot. Oh man. Uh, but yeah, it kind of reminds me of uh, season one there. Now, yeah, I don't want to jump ahead. I don't know. Why don't you bring it up? Okay. Your best man. He needs the bookhouse it boys. It would be better if you didn't know why. Can you guess who his best man is? I would say Hawk. <laughs> Come on, Hawk is pretty. It's yeah, Hawk. Hawk is a, uh, a uh, the books, but book, it's, book him, I I know. Oh, it's him. I yeah, think it's him. Yeah. It's him. It's him. It's. You uh, like to think he is? Nine thirty at the Roadhouse. Come in, we'll meet, and uh, you know, I'll get you. Bring you. You the best guy. Yeah, and it's funny because the whole time I think when I watch this episode, I'm I'm glad I'm seeing it again. I'm still gonna rewatch it, is because they're together the whole time. I'm like, oh, it's him. And then something else happens. We'll get to that later. But it's it's him. It's Henry. Um, is the best guy. Harry. Harry. We were all. You know. Oh my god. We, oh, we were just talking <laughs> about something else. No, we weren't talking about anything else. We, we were talking about another show, and we we couldn't remember names, and we were doing like Hank, Henry. Henry yeah. Yeah. Uh, Harry. Harry yeah, yeah. And that's where my brain right. went. So yeah, so you mentioned before there was a guy who came into the double R and he sat down and again we're wondering if he's this uh, if he's this food critic guy. He looks like a food critic. He's yeah. a big guy, and but, the fact is they never seen him before, and I'm sure they just. But get all regulars. he wants is a cheeseburger, a coke, and some fries. 
But that's something a food critic would do. You think so? They yes. mess with you. They yes. wouldn't. Get, they wouldn't ask for something really nice. They would be like, "Yeah, just give me a." Because they know maybe what people go into that restaurant for, and yeah. maybe that's what they would order the most plain Jane thing. Because hey, if you can make a real good cheeseburger and fries, I know you can make the best thing on the menu. But if you can't even make a cheeseburger and fries, then you yeah. probably just suck. So I was thinking that makes sense. But also in TV show fashion. It's a farce. It's become this farce where they're like trying to impress him, but it's not really him. Right. Yeah. And that's probably what's happening here. Yeah. Because you were saying. I'm that, assuming uh, that's. The... That you were saying that um, uh, Hank got his wallet, and I believe he is the district attorney. Yes, he steals his wallet. No, why do you think he stole? What made him want to steal? Like, okay, he's gonna look to see it's him, but why steal it? What? Well, yeah, I, I didn't get that. I mean, he's a criminal. I mean, he, I mean, he but that's kind of stupid if yeah. you know it's a district attorney and you're gonna steal his wallet. I mean, I can't remember if anything else happens, but I could see him saying, "Oh, you dropped your wallet and just give it back to him." So he probably just wanted information and stuff. I but. know, but why take it? <laughs> I just don't get it. Well, you gonna just hang out there and just like go through his stuff and wait no, for him to get back? No, I, yeah. I, I pictured him opening it and looking at his license, and yeah. if that was the guy, he can put it back because the guy's in the bathroom, right? And then nobody would know. But the fact that he takes it and puts it and he takes it doesn't make any sense to me. It's like, well, you're going to – why? Right. Why? You know? I he's don't a know. dumb criminal. Yeah, like, he's, he's not just, that smart. No. I mean, he has already gone to jail. So, I mean, <laughs> and, he, and he had this whole philosophy that uh, if he committed two crimes, he'd only get in trouble for, for one, one crime. Yeah, yeah, that doesn't add up. That doesn't add up. Yeah, no. so he's not the smartest bulb in the book. So also in the double R is Donna and Maddie, and they're talking and uh, – Kind of reconnecting almost. Yeah, and it's like, you know, I'm not trying to steal your, your guy. Yeah, and, yeah. But at the same time – Donna's saying, I can see other people because, you know, I, I can have James on the side and maybe have another guy named Harold or something. Yup, but... she's she's getting the Twin Peaks bug <laughs> <laughs> where everybody has to have two people. Yep, have you yes. noticed that? I Every... have noticed that. Yeah, yeah. Everybody, everybody. And that's the other The two. duality, right? Yeah, the, the duality. duality. You have two lives. You right. have like one person and someone the opposite. You could be married, but you could also go and see somebody else. Yes. Oh. Yeah. Yep. So yeah, Hank is looking and there it is. Uh, Daryl Lodwick. Uh, and and so you know it's possible you know we always say well where do these names come from and it's possible that his name uh, Daryl Lodwick was named after Mitchell Lodwick which was from a a a film noir film uh, Autonomy of a Murder Autonomy of Murder it's possible I mean Mm. that's where usually they get their references from other films or other TV shows and then Josie is hanging out with Harry Truman and Harry is... Uh, oh, yeah. Harry and uh, Josie are back together. Yeah. But, you know, uh, I think Harry started... Oh, yes, Vero. Uh, <laughs> Harry and Josie are doing it while mystery Asian guy watches in store. <laughs> <laughs> it's your agent. Your secret agent. He's taking notes. No, yeah, like... <laughs> is this how okay. to be a good lover? I was clearly getting tired while taking these notes. I remember. This is why I want to rewatch it. And I have to say that Hank... We don't him, we don't see him physically steal the wallet. We see him look at the wallet. So 
I don't want to mislead anybody. He doesn't. We don't show him stealing it. But well, he, he does. Can't. He takes it out of the guy's pocket and walks away with it. Oh, he does. Well, yeah, yeah, I know. We, saw, we just saw that. But I, yeah, but maybe he puts it back. That's what I think too. Yeah, I yeah. mean, I think he will put it back. But. So yeah, so the Asian guy watches in a storm. Yes, because they're so happy to see. Well, they're happy. They're like, "What happened? Why did you leave?" And blah blah blah. Harry's starting to question. He's starting to get. I yeah. think he's starting to get concerned about Josie and because he that, thinks that. She has something to do with the mill burning down. Right. Yeah. It's like, it's just uh, it's coincidence that you happened mm-hmm. to leave right then. And she would say, well, I, that's the reason I left. I was afraid they were going to murder me and stuff like that. So, But she's smart because, um, you know, she can be like, I'll, I'll use my body to distract you. Yes. You might think I might have done something wrong, but guess what? You're not going to think like that anymore. Right. And, and you then... think a turn on is, is rip my brand new dress? <laughs> <laughs> it's like, rip it. Yep. Oh, yeah, it was weird, huh? Yes. Yeah, it's very weird. And then the, the, my secret Asian guy was watching the storm. <laughs> uh, if we go further on. I love it. There's a thunderstorm, and it's. I love the effects. I mean, some people say it could be cheesy, but I, I enjoy this uh, lightning effect here. Yeah, I like it. I, I like it. So, um, oh, we get to meet the judge. Yeah. They bring the judge into town. And he's like this cool, like... James, like Clint Eastwood, kind of guy. I mean, more lovable than Clint Eastwood, but you know, he seems like I almost he, feel like he's an older Cooper because I mean, yeah, he, he, he knows everybody's he, super yeah, nice. Yeah, Harry comes by and he's like, "Oh, you gonna have women trouble or something?" Or he says something like that, and and I think Harry knows. Uh, yeah, he says it to Harry, and I think Harry seems to be like, "Oh, you and Cooper are gonna go along really well and oh, stuff," because yeah. you, you you know you're insightful and you can see things that. Yeah, and he, he hugs Lucy. Like, yeah, they got a close, you know, they, they, you know, they work to each other. Even though they don't, you know, they, he's probably not there every week. Yep. You know, when they do see each other, they've got a good a good friendship. Yeah, he's, he, yeah, he definitely like this very uh, welcoming yeah. guy and everybody loves him. Clinton Sternwood. And Sternwood might come from a film called The Big Sleep Film, which had a General Sternwood. So, that, yeah. And he's a judge. He's got to be stern. Yes. Stern. So that makes sense. Um. Yeah, like it's interesting with the courtroom and everything. The courtroom, I don't think happens this episode. I think it happens in the next one. I think yes, it does happen in the next one. But then this it's one, weird. he does. He does. Leland does come before him and stuff, and th- and that's a really cool uh, little scene. And maybe we can even get to it and play some audio, or I don't know if we want to say anything else, or yeah, we can just. Um. Well, I have. Dick and Lucy stuff. Oh, you do? You want to talk about Dick? Uh, I'll do it real quick. Dick comes to Lucy to give her... Well, he wants to give her money for an abortion. Yeah. Um, And and I wrote my notes. You know, she's like... I think she says no. Um, But Lucy's she, like... Well, she, she's very precise. She says... Go through the door. It sometimes oh, it sticks. Things, yeah. <laughs> Take out your keys, keys and you know get in your car and never come, come back. back. <laughs> wow. Yeah, I remember that. And I wrote Lucy's life has become the soap opera she used to watch, and that's that's where I started thinking. That. But you know, she, yeah. but she's not enjoying this. <laughs> There's no joy in um, having. Some people don't have to enjoy it. I I, I think she's enjoy. I think. She's not enjoying it, but it makes her life interesting. Yeah. You know? Right. And But I think she's happy to tell off Dick, get out of my life. Right. And maybe she's realizing Andy's a good guy. 
And the yeah. fu- you know the funny thing is is that I think she thought he was going to propose to her. Like yeah. he's like I'm here. I you know, I've come to my senses. I realize that like I have to do the right thing. And here's so, money. Yeah, right, here's everything. I emptied my bank account. I think I had I think I was 600 650 dollars I That's have. his bank account. Like, what is he doing? Like, yeah, what is he doing? You, you, you know. <laughs> so, <laughs> what kind of it. job does he have? That's all he has. So but it's like I want to do the right thing and it's like what? What are you? and she's like what are you talking about and stuff. Yeah. And, you know, and he's a very James Bond looking kind of guy. He is. Yeah. I mean, when we had a, I forgot who was it that uh, we were talking to. I, I don't know if it was Peter from Welcome to Twin Peaks.com or if it was. Uh, 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 I think it was Peter. Someone said he was a bad MFer. Right. Yeah. Badass. He was badass. a badass. Right. And yep. I think that, yeah, he's a, he's, he's a pretty cool guy. And I guess in 1992, $650 in your bank account, all you have. I guess that's a lot of money back then. Were and they- some people, I mean, I, I, yeah, I'm not trying to look down on people in any way that, you know, there are people that don't have a lot of money, but he comes off as well to do. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Off, and, he, and he like, yeah, he just has, a, he, he has this kind of sophistication about him that you think I, that he's, he's really rich. rich yeah. yeah, that's what I thought. So he's like, that's all my savings. I'm like, this guy's weird. There's something off about him. <laughs> There's something off about every single person uh, on this show. That's here, true. But... but I felt bad for Lucy. You want to bring it up? I mean, we just talked about it, but. Yeah. In your wallet or your pocket, <laughs> turn around and walk through both sets of doors. The second one sticks sometimes. Go out into the parking lot, get in your car, turn the key, and never, ever speak to me again as long as. Oh, and then she. So I, I think I, my, I wasn't my, my, my words weren't exact, but pretty that close, was, it was close, pretty enough. close. <laughs> Do you now? Can you spoil it for me? Does Dick come back? Unfortunately, Dick does come back. I figured as much. I, I, I'm not that big spoiler. Yeah, it's not then a we'll big get spoiler. to a point where you'll be like, I've had enough Dick. <laughs> I've had enough. enough. I've had enough of Dick. <laughs> yes, I've had enough of him. But, oh, uh, man. Uh, I'm sorry if that was a spoiler. But, yes, that there is a... Dick comes There'll be more... Back. Yes. You want to bring this up? I mean, sure. we, I know we just had audio, but we can... This is most difficult. My deepest condolences on your heartbreaking loss. Thank you, sir. You've appeared before me many times. I know you to be a fine, decent man and a capable attorney. And to see you under these circumstances is is dreadful for us all. Now, the, the law provides a structure to guide us through perilous and trying times. But it requires our submission to its procedures and higher purposes. Before we assume our respective roles, in this enduring drama, just let me say that uh, when these frail shadows we inhabit now have quit the stage, we'll meet and raise a glass again together in Valhalla. Yeah, it was very cryptic and, and it was classy cool. though. I it was like classy. It. Yeah. It was the idea is like he's like, 
you know, we're just men right now. We, 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 yeah, we, we've, we've been together before where you've done your case and I've been the judge. Mm. And right now, before we get started on, on this, you know, where you, yeah. you know, you're going before, before me, I want to tell you, I think you're a decent man and you're a good man. And I wish it, I wish we were under different circumstances and stuff. And I think he, again, he feels bad of what he's gone through and stuff. And like, yeah, yeah. And yeah, because someone who he works side by side with now is going to be right in He's, front of him as a criminal. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it was it was um yeah, I liked that a lot. I his little speech there. Um in the little thunder after it. <laughs> I mean, some people think it's cheesy. I like the lighting yeah, effect. Yeah, I think yeah. it's like it's the it's this atmosphere and Yeah, but you know what? The storm, it's like a metaphor for the storm is a brewing. There's a storm ahead. Right. You know, this is maybe this in in their world. This is the calm before the storm. You know, so right. yeah, it's it almost backwards, sense. but yeah, yeah, yeah. I see it. Yeah. Or you could say the storm is brewing. Everything's mixing up right now yeah. for the big one. Right. You know, all these different things are happening and get in place. Yep. To I mean, if you think about it, Josie and uh, Henry, like. Harry. Harry. Harry Truman. Oh he was one of our presidents. Yes. So they have, you know, everybody's kind of setting themselves up um, for some big reveals, I think. So yeah. maybe this is that arc where everybody's setting themselves up. And people know things. They might, you know. So. Right. And then you meet uh, the woman who is his... Um, I love that. That I think... <sighs> what is she? She's I like his assistant? Said, yeah. But I love that Cooper's like wife... And then he said, and Harry says, I think he says something like assistant. But yeah. it is funny because you definitely see that tension of that they seem like they could be in a relationship more than yeah. just I work for the judge type of thing. And but I think almost do, yeah. like no, I'm not to interrupt. I, I oh. think like probably what you were gonna say, like, and I was thinking is because they work together, they're like a wife and husband. But right. but maybe there's nothing there. But because they work side by side so much, it's almost like they're a couple. Yeah. Minus right. being a couple. Right. You know? Yeah. Could totally. be. And it seems like everybody likes her, too. Everybody yeah, seems to be attracted to her. Yeah, they were They stood up, and yeah. they're like, hey. And, <laughs> and I, I actually, I was re-watching this today, even though I've probably seen it a hundred times. I was re-watching it today, and I was like, yeah, I mean, she's pretty, but I, I didn't know, like, they were like, yeah, they seemed really, yeah. uh, really fond of her and stuff. It, it, and, like, in the first couple episodes, when, um... They introduce Cooper to Josie. They go, the mo- she's the most attractive woman in town. I'm like, I don't think so. I yeah. can, I can, I've already seen four more attractive women than her. Audrey I mean, Shelley. Yeah, yeah. Like, and, and, I mean, Josie, she, she's an attractive person, but she's probably, in my opinion, not the most attractive. But the way they built her up, they're like, she's the most. Like everybody right. likes her, you know, but obviously it was Laura Palmer. And it's funny they didn't do that in the pilot, but you never got—I never got that sense for the rest of the time. I guess we just saw her in lingerie and he ripped it, and that's supposed to be sexy. But yeah, I, yeah, yeah. I never got that. She kind of looks like—I mean, she's kind of the short hair. Kind of reminds me a little bit, um, like Katie Langish. Oh, like Katie yeah. Langish, uh, you know? Interesting. I think it's the short hair. Yeah. Um. So anyway, we back to the thing. You know, We're speaking the of short hair in women, someone is dressed up as an. I wrote my someone dressed up as an Asian is the writer, and I think that's a woman. There's a dun dun dun. There's okay. We're on a podcast. I have to remember. I have to be 
visually. In in the episode, there's a person dressed up as an Asian with a Fu Manchu mustache, the sunglasses, the hair, the suit, and deep voice. And yeah. it looks like a woman in drag. And I would then, say, they, but yeah, I can yeah. definitely see that. And again, this is, is, is this the food critic? I yeah, mean, that's like, what I, mean, I thought. I mean, I, that's what Judy uh, thinks here at the Great Northern. But I mean. Yeah, and Judy looks like they ripped her out of a Disney TV show. Right. Now, Judy, I mean, Judy comes up in other names later on in Twin Peaks. But yeah. also Judy is popular for Lynch anyways because he really loves uh, uh, Wizard of Oz and stuff. Oh. So, I mean, you know, Judy that Garland. explains why she's all peppy and she... She Maybe. just she seems out of place almost. Like I, she's uh, too animated, I, right? I agree. I it, it is out of place. Yeah, I kind of when when I see her, I kind of feel like it's one of those Disney TV shows. I don't even remember her after this episode yeah. either. <laughs> There's probably a reason for that. <laughs> she's like, too peppy. You don't belong in Twin Peaks. Yeah. yeah. She's so this is actually, young too. Yeah, this was actually the scene where Joey uh, uh, brings what she says is her brother Jonathan, who is who you think is the agent. Yes. Agent man, and Agent to, man. to Pete, and they and he says he'll get coffee, and he'll in the in the script he'll come back and said uh, no fish with this coffee. Oh, okay. Now is it his but, her brother? Perhaps you. And I don't know that it were, but she basically she definitely has a mission, and it seems like they're you know she's supposed to she's supposed to get the money for the Packard Mill, and then I think yeah. she's supposed to leave with him, and that 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 that's ends, gonna be the end of it. End of it. Yeah. So he's been lurking around for a while. Yep. Why? I mean, he's been lurking around, but probably he, you know what? He probably knew she was coming back and he just had to wait in town. That's what I, yeah, I would say that was yeah. what I I think. I mean, I would think that he might be looking into all the investments or all, everything that she was involved. He went to the Great Northern maybe to spy on Ben Horn because Ben mm. Horn is the one that is supposed to, I think, give money to that's Josie true. and stuff. Yeah. And never, I don't think they've ever said that, but I think that's what makes sense. He's, he's kind of hanging around. And the people that she was involved with. Yep. Oh, but, um, in a second, maybe. Oh, no, no, we don't need all. But yeah, uh, Cooper's back with Harry, and and you, as you said, Harry is the best He's book the house best. boy. Yep. I disagree. I think it's Hawk. <laughs> yeah. Yep. Well, Hawk I, is the tracker. I mean, if anybody can uh, do it. Uh, you well, know. we we. I know we'll get we'll get we'll get there. We'll I, get I'm there. biting my lip. I'm I know you are, lip. but I mean, yeah. Um. Also, yeah. I mean, but you know what. I knew it was gonna be him. You did. You I could just tell by when he when he when he asked him, "Could you find me a?" And they're like the buddy. They're like the cool cops. They're they're like, the, they got their bromance going. Yeah, on stuff, yeah. yeah. You know, they're cool. Oh, so this episode ends at the double R. So so does does Hank actually sleep at the double R? It's nighttime. That's what store. I was thinking. He looks like he's in his pajamas. Is that like <laughs> Norma, Norma doesn't want him in the house and so he yes. sleeps at the double R. I was thinking the same thing. I think she doesn't trust him just yet. Yeah. They're not officially back together. They did kiss in this episode because uh, he was so excited that he was going to make the double R look so nice. Yeah, it was more of like He's kissing her. Yeah. Exchange. But I think, yeah, I had the same thought. And the mystery Asian guy slash woman beats a pink in the RR and smashes him with a flashlight. Which, oh, wait, this is not, this is a different, this is the Asian guy. That, this is your agent guy. This, this is the your same agent. Asian guy that He's not met, agent, though. <laughs> he's not agent. Oh, but. He is he the same guy who met up with Josie? Yes. The last scene. He's okay. called Jonathan, but at least oh he's Jonathan. Named John- he's I mean, he said he's he's called he's named different. I mean, I think he's always Jonathan, but sometimes she calls him his brother. And I think sometimes okay. he's an assistant or something. So he attacked. Now, why? 
why is he attacking him? I, I just don't... I don't well, know why. I mean, what, what's your theory on this? Oh, I know my theory on this. I mean, it's explained in this episode in the sense that, like... In that last in that last scene with Josie and oh wait I just got it okay it's because he was blackmailing her right and, and she gave money he felt like well you know I served yeah. my time maybe I want some more. more and then he did do the blood oath he he cut her 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 uh, finger and yeah. he cut his and he put the two blood together and that's what happens here is Jonathan I th- I'll call him Jonathan here yep. is is doing the same thing he cuts Hank's finger and he takes his and it's a blood oath oh, and man. like we're brothers now it all comes back comes together but next time I will take your head off and he smashes the uh, the light so that's just basically a warning to say you mess with my sister you mess with me yeah 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 and you know, it's funny I'm glad I. You know, what doing this episode again, watching it and uh, discussing it, I I can't watch the show when I'm really tired, and that's why I want to rewatch eleven, twelve, and thirteen because I was kind of tired and I I didn't get that until just now. Yeah, I didn't get the whole. And this show thing. in general, I mean, I I mean, I've watched it and and I find new things out. I mean, like you know, I probably watched it over and over again, and there was things happening. It's like, oh, I missed this and I missed that. So this mm. show, I mean, this this show has layers, and it's very easy it to miss stuff. And I I didn't have a lot of unseen Twin Peaks in this uh in this episode, but I'll just mention one more that I thought was interesting, and I don't know where even it fell in the show because it was cut. Yeah. But um, so at the Hayward House. Dr. Haywood is on the phone with Ed and says Nadine's problem might be related to nomochrome cryptoma. It affects the glander, the, the adrenaline gland, and, and, it, and this could account for her strength and her erratic behavior. Oh, yeah, and this yeah. is something – so the series never really mentions why she is in this state. Like so, we still have you know we may have a while Herbert in this state for a little while and like but it's interesting that there was something in the script where at least Doctor Haywood would have said like here's here's what I think it could be that it was it's something so bizarre it's though. so bizarre but yeah it's over the top bizarre. yeah yeah, yeah it's yeah. over the top um super serum I think she's a superhero she is she's a superhero too funny um so yeah I mean we're getting close to something to the killer. I know that. Right now, I have to give my guess. I think last week, I thought it was um, Harold Harold Smith. And after this episode, I'm still on the Harold Smith bandwagon of him being the killer. It's a good theory. I mean, yeah. with, with that, with her having the diary, it's it's a really good good theory and yeah, stuff. Yeah, so, I still I'm still on that bandwagon right now. But. So maybe 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 episode thirteen, I'll give you the diary or something. We'll see if we'll see it next week or mm. one more. But I want to give you the diary because I want to give yeah. you the diary soon because he's got the diary. He started to read the diary. I feel like it's a good time. Yeah. So I, maybe yeah. either next show or the following show, I will give you the diary. You can start reading it, and then um. At some point, I think we're going to do a show on the diary. Actually, yeah. Actually, that might, you know, when you listening to this, it might have already actually happened because it'll be the 25th anniversary of, of the Secret Diary of Laura Palmer, and we probably already did the... Uh, but who knows? Like, yeah. we record the show like someone watching Twin Peaks for the first time. Yeah. Nobody knows what's going on. We don't know. <laughs> we're like... I don't even know what episode I recorded. Uh, no, no, not to uh, confuse people listening, no. but we, yeah. we are confused sometimes. Sometimes. Um, but Ooh. no, it was a good show. I think this episode was a good episode. A lot did happen. It went by very quickly. I, I There were some major plot points that happened in this one. I, I think 
think this was a good episode as well. Yeah, I mean, I mean, I, I, it's and at the same sense, I'm like, oh, did we get enough? Because we find out that Robertson doesn't seem to exist, at least where where Leland says. Oh yeah, he exists. we yeah we stopped that whole plot. It was yeah, like for one episode, like, we don't oh, talk yeah, about. Yeah, we're getting closer. We know we know there's a real person, and Leland has seen this person, and yes, Nothing. we're gonna get somewhere. And now it's like uh, nowhere. In I mean, Twin Peaks fashion. The following episode, yeah. we we focus on different things, right? And we we kind of forget about Bob and yeah, and all yeah. that. Where's Mike? What yeah. happened to Mike? Yeah, we're one our man. You Don't know, Ger- Ger- Gerard. They he was in a bathroom in a police station, and I would have to imagine the police station has cameras. But in 1990, I don't know. I guess uh, <laughs> I mean, this day security age, was very lax back then. And they don't have a judge that's full time. They probably don't have even have cameras. That's true. And stuff, You're right. But, uh, yeah, because granted, Waldo was killed, and no, they didn't have any uh, right. recordings of that. So yeah, except, for, probably, uh, except for a, uh, Cooper's uh, audio recorder. Audio recorder. Yeah, and Lauren. we didn't hear Diane either. No. No. We haven't heard Diane in a while. Has it's no. been, I, It seems like they definitely have have stopped d- doing that like as much. I mean, it used to be almost every episode he would take a break and say, hey, I want to let you know about this and that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's too bad. I mean, I enjoy it. I miss it. Diane. Yeah. I, like, I miss him talking to himself. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> and I, I think that Diane doesn't exist, and I think Diane is oh, just a man. recorder. I think go. Diane is just a recorder. Some some somebody one day uh, opens up Cooper's uh, closet and like a pile oh, of tapes. his tapes just fall out and it's like hundreds of tapes. Diane tapes. Diane. And it goes back from like he was twelve. Yeah, Diane. it was making me think of like The Shining. You know, like uh, I don't know, like the guy just keeps on writing the same thing yes. over and over again. Like no that. work. No, uh, yeah. no no play makes uh, makes me go crazy. Yes. No. Nope. I should know his name, but Danny was the kid. And Danny then, was the kid. Right. Jack Nicholson was Jack. 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 It was Jack. Yeah. It was actually Jack. Yeah. Yeah. No work, no play makes Jack a dull boy. Yep. That's what it was. Ah, uh, no. Now, someday, you know, some people have referred to uh, The Shining into Twin Peaks because no, really. there is a red room, you know, the red room and the little man, in and the, then they have red room, red, red room, no. but red room in that means murder. murder. Yeah. Backwards. backwards. And then yeah. you have the twins. The twins, and you have the floor that is red sometimes. I mean, it's not exactly like the... the it's the, a checkered floor that will yeah. go like... They put like a filter to make it look red. Yeah. Yeah, it's like a weird filter on the camera. Um, but yeah, yeah. I cool. never put those together, but I guess so. I don't know. Some people have meshed them together, and, and I'm sure there's, there's, there's articles out there comparing the two theories theories well that's it for the show right i mean that, that's, yep. that's it and uh you know before we do our sheriff station hotline message for the week <laughs> we could probably say where can they how where can people contact us well uh twinpeaksunwrapped.com yep uh that's our web page you can find us on facebook like us on facebook uh twitter we're blowing up on twitter uh twin Pe- twin peaks unwrapped but if you type in uh, the whole thing, you'll right. find and it. And we're on iTunes. And you can, and we'd love yes. to have, like, we'd love it if you guys would review it and uh, uh, let us know what you think of the show. I mean, feedback, write us, um, rate us on iTunes. And like I said last week, it would be cool if we can get one Twin Peaks podcast in the top 50. On wild. the TV section yeah, of, cool. of the podcast. I think it would be that's cool. a dream, but I, that's a pretty awesome dream. I, mean, I, I right? think it's a it's a goal, and I don't think it's going to happen overnight. Can you, can you do filters and categories? Can I be like, 
I mean, like, I'm trying to think. TV up, shows. Yeah, TV. Just TV. TV category. Any other filters? It has to be a... <laughs> what, 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 uh, soap opera. Soap opera. <laughs> uh, mystery, mystery. Red Room. Right. Uh, we, we are listed in the TV section of iTunes. But like I said, tons of loss, tons of current shows, no Twin Peaks podcast. Yeah. It would be cool by the time season two, three starts that we're there. That'd be cool. And, you yeah. know, you and I just do this for fun and stuff like yes, that. And I think... I think a lot of times I know that I'm, I'm really having fun and it's great to hear from other people to know, hey, th- that I'm not just talking to myself. I'm not yes. ta- talking yes. to Diane. I'm actually talking <laughs> talking to people out there. So, yeah, I mean, it means a lot to actually get feedback yep. and, and say, hey, we're on the right track and we should keep doing this because people are yeah, enjoying this. Enjoying it. We're, yeah. I'm enjoying it. You're enjoying it. Um, and you can write your enjoyment at... Twin Peaks Unwrapped at gmail.com. Yep. Yes. And, we're, you know, we're really good. I think, you know, we, we usually respond to people on Facebook. We pe- respond yep. to people on Twitter. We respond to people through email. And Always, yeah, yes. Yeah, we can't respond to you on iTunes. But, no, uh, no, no. But, but uh, um, we do have our first glowing review on there, so you can read that one and then base yours off of that one maybe. And right. then um, if it's something we can read on the air, we will. Uh, I know we haven't read an email in a while, but I don't think we've had – because I don't know who the killer is, I don't think we can go there yeah, with some of these careful. emails. Right. Yeah. yeah, some of them, yeah. And some of them, you know, we had a recent one where it was talking about even further than the killing and more, more towards the end of the series. And I'm trying, I, I worry that you're going to get, you're going to, you're not going to make it to the I'm end. St- but <laughs> I'm one episode away, personally. Yeah. On the, the show, I'm a couple right. episodes away, but personally, I'm one episode away. I don't know who the killer is. But will you make, but then, it, so you make it to that, then you still have, I don't know, 20 episodes to go to try, or a little more than that, or whatever to go. But we'll, we'll, we'll take it week by week. Yeah, yeah. But at so, least I knew the killer. So. Yeah. So thank you. Thanks for listening. Yes. We appreciate Good it. times. So this is the Sheriff Station's hotline message. And I think I share this every time. You know, it was it was basically the night after or the day the morning after the show aired on Saturday. It was Sunday morning after five a.m. You could pick up your phone, you could call a nine hundred number. Everyone's and, waiting at five a.m. Yep. Well, yeah. Anytime after that, I was yeah. yeah. I did it once. Maybe I was at nine in the morning or something. Wow. Yeah. Who knows? But it would cost you two dollars a minute <laughs> for the first minute, wow. and then it'd be another dollar. For the for the second minute or so, yeah, and it was yeah. no longer than three minutes. So you're paying three dollars to listen to a recap of the night before Four. episode. So the idea was, if you missed an episode, you could listen to this. And they had some other banter, but there was no real secrets. It was just, yeah. But it it really laid the episode out in layman's terms for people that might have been confused. I think. Yeah. yeah. So so there is something interesting that's kind of a mistake made on in this message. Andy says that he his test results came back, and the test results don't come back for the following week. Oh. So I mean, I, yeah. So that's a, a a small spoiler for people who had who wanted a spoiler. It's like, wow! I what? found out Andy got his test results <laughs> his back. Sperm count. <laughs> oh man. Oh man. Too so far. everybody went to work on Monday, going, you know, I know Andy's sperm count. Yeah. And people are like, what are you talking about? Well, Twin Peaks. You know, I I know his sperm count. <laughs> 
The last little known fact about this is, I guess the, that uh, some of the proce proceedings actually went to uh, environmental causes, supposedly. So that's kind of nice. It's still uh, expensive to do a $3 phone call, especially in 1990. I, yeah. I, I don't remember doing, I definitely did not do every single week. I mean, definitely would, I think my mom would have killed me if you know, I uh, uh, had <laughs> Dick. Dick couldn't afford to make these phone calls. <laughs> oh, yeah, $650. He'd, he'd be out in a month. Yeah. Broke. Oh, man, poor Dick. <laughs> <laughs> On that note. On that note. Uh, thanks for listening, and we will be back next week. Yes. Take care. Hello, Twin Peaks Sheriff Station. Lucy speaking. Oh, hi. I guess you're calling to find out what's been happening. Well, I'm going to tell you. All men in the world should be taken to a desert island and forced to eat sand. If I ever meet another guy wearing an ascot, I'm going to, to... Okay, Dick Tremaine is a weasel, a spineless, penny-loafing weasel. If he thought he could buy his way out of his responsibility to me, well, he has another thing coming. Lucy? And... What? You have another call. <coughs> Hello? Mom? Sometimes I figure you just need to talk to your mom. I may have jumped over the fence before the horse started uh, pulling the cart. I think I was wrong about Lucy seeing other men. Doc Hayward says I'm better, and there's no reason I can't jump in the saddle and gather moss whenever I want. I guess you want to know what else happened. Um, Judge Sternwood arrived. He'll be handling Mr. Palmer's case. Harry said that Leland will probably plead temporary insanity. I'll try to stick to the facts. Jean Reno has made a deal with Ben Horn, Audrey's life, for Agent Cooper's, a simple, clean exchange. Jean also removed Mr. Battis from any further business dealings, point blank. Agent Cooper should be very careful here. Our visitor from the East, Josie Packard, has returned from her shopping trip and was welcomed home by her cousin Jonathan, the mysterious Asian man who's been snipping around the Great Northern. They uh, seem to be making plans that don't include Sheriff Truman or the mill. Jonathan also paid a visit to Hank Jennings to sever his relationship with Josie. Hank agreed, of course, and is fortunate to still be among the living. I do hope Donna is as cautious with her friend, Mr. Harold Smith. Who told my mother? Andy Brennan, you come back on this line. I... Did you tell my mother about the baby? Not exactly. She asked me how you were, and when was I ever going to marry you, Anna? Marry? It slipped out. Slipped? Then she said that I should do the proper thing, or she would break my legs. Oh, no. I thought she liked me. I have to go now. Thanks for calling. I'll be here next Sunday with more news. You can hear us okay? Yeah, I got you loud and clear. Cool. cool. Awesome. Well, thank you for your time. Of course. Of course. Thanks for your interest. I know uh, you guys are passionate about Twin Peaks, so that's great. We have a beautiful, beautiful book. Twin Peaks Unwrapped the Book. You can get it at bluerosemag.com. Supplies are limited. Uh, get this bad boy while it's hot. Want to say we're under the 300 mark for these books. Yes. And then yes. once they're gone, they are gone. Our thinking would be that the book would be gone by the end of the year. I mean, I don't even know if it's going to last that long. But the idea was that, hey, this is the 30th anniversary. Like, wouldn't it be cool just to have a book that could be available to really diehard Twin Peaks fans?
Thank you for your interest and for your enthusiasm and, and keeping Twin Peaks alive.